0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Mind, Healthy Life. Today, we have a remarkable guest with us, Amita Sharma. Welcome to the show, Amita.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Lovely, lovely. So Amita, like before we start our conversation today, uh, I'd love to mention this to all of our listeners that um, Amita is the co-founder of Nourish Talk, a groundbreaking holistic wellness platform. So she is on a mission to empower women, especially those in perimenopausal uh, years and also beyond. So through her innovative self-care app, she addresses the unique challenges faced by women during the the stages of the life. So her journey is uh, deeply personal, like rooted in her own experience as a perimenopausal woman navigating the corporate world. So faced with a lack of uh, resources and understanding, she decided to create a culture sensitive, affordable, and the transformative platform for this. So join us as she shares her insights, struggles, and the triumphs in tackling the taboo subject of the menopause. She believes also that women deserve to be empowered Care for themselves post-reproductive years to prevent the chronic conditions. So Nourish Talk offers a holistic wellness programs covering the crucial topics such as sexual health, stress, anxiety, and of course the menopause. So we'll definitely get into details and learn more about Nourish Talk from uh, herself, uh, from Amita. Amita, uh, but prior to that, get ready for an enlightening conversation of on the self-care self-love, and the breaking the silence around women's health. So welcome to the show, Amita, again.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I love the introduction. The way um, you describe this whole uh, stage of life beyond reproductive years is underserved market right now, right? And that's what I'm trying to bring forth.
0: Exactly, exactly. So to, to start with, like, uh, if you can share your journey and what actually led you to co-found this Nourish Talk,
1: yeah. So, you know, my journey is a journey of millions of women out there um, who are working and, and uh, you know, when they, they don't know actually what perimenopause is. So we know as a society what puberty is, what menopause is, two different stages of women's woman's life, start of her life and end of, you know, the, the, the menstrual health, right? But what yeah. we don't understand is that, um, especially at this spectrum of the, uh, of the menopause, we, you know, I also thought, oh, whenever uh, that happens, that happens, you know. Yeah. But we don't understand this. Ten years before, suddenly, uh, bombs start hitting you as a woman. And especially when you're working, you know, all these symptoms <laughs> start appearing out of nowhere. And then you say, oh, my God, am I losing my mind? Am I going crazy? Am I doing this? And that's what started happening to me. And I'm like, suddenly in the meeting, and my brain is not functioning. You know, seriously, I'm not joking. Like, it just stops. Like, literally, like, you told me something, and I could not register. Or suddenly, a hot flash will come. And suddenly, it's like, oh, my God, what did I do yesterday? What did someone tell me today? So... These kind of things, when you start noticing the symptoms when you're working in a big corporate world, like, um, you know, I have been in the last quite a few years, and suddenly you start to question yourself as to you're barely like in your 40s, and then you're just losing your mind. And what is going to happen, you know, beyond, right? Yeah. And you don't even think, and at least in my knowledge, to me, I did not think that, oh, I by the way, I'm hitting penny menopause. The start of the whole transition towards menopause, which women can face 10 years before, and suddenly you will start experiencing these symptoms because your hormones, the female sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone, has started going rock and roll right on you. And now the moment it starts going, your hormones go down, the estrogen goes down, Um, Then the progesterone goes down, progesterone goes down first, actually, the estrogen is on the higher, but every day there's a whole balance and that's what's going to happen to your mind. You're going to lose it. You're going to get a heart blast. You're not going to have a focus. You're not going to have a concentration. You might go crazy in the meeting. All these things, can you imagine working in a corporate world and people might be thinking something has gone wrong, right? So that was my experience of what you just
0: asked me. Definitely. Uh, so uh, with this like uh, I, you you have also shared the personal experiences definitely um, so what specific challenges uh, do women in their 40s and beyond uh, face in terms of the wellness that uh, nourish talk aims to address
1: so first of all is the um, i don't think many women i have talked to Hundreds of women. Women do not understand the transition period of what we just talked about, perimenopause. Right. That women will start facing, have to take care of your, themselves 10 years before. It's not even understood in the medical industry. The reason being, I'm not trying to downplay the medical industry here, the reason being is that gynecologists, uh, you know, that most of the women will go to, they yeah. are not taught about this in the medical schools. And this has been Told to me by so many gynecologists that it is quite um, actually scary from that point of view, because I think this phase of women's life is not considered, I don't know, maybe not important, or maybe the reproductive years are, you know, where the fertility is more important in the whole, all over the world. So they're not being, the emphasis has not been there in the last quite a few years. So that's where there's a a lot of lack of research lack of data now that a lot of research is coming. So I think, uh, so so to answer your question, what NourishDog is trying to uh, aim uh, by doing this is first of all, raise awareness. Then the second thing is there's enough research that links and I can share with you is that menopause or early menopause is directly linked to some of the chronic conditions. For example, dementia, we talked about the cognitive decline that I personally, you know, uh, uh, like I experienced Osteoporosis, your bone density starts going down as you start growing older. It's a fact, men or women, it does not matter, right? Osteoporosis is more prone to women than men, if you look at it. Heart disease, we always think men are the ones who are going to get uh, heart disease and uh, they they are the ones who... Women are more prone to heart disease than men. This is a fact that a lot of us don't even know. Diabetes. Diabetes is another one. Direct link of early menopause and diabetes. So these serious cancer is another one, right? Exactly. Um, So so these are serious chronic conditions, which if you look at it directly to the lack of care, and lack of actually self-care or lack of expert-driven care during these years because your hormones are going down, and if you don't change as as a woman um, in beyond forties or even beyond thirty five, your lifestyle, your diet, your all, all those things, you are at the risk of all these things that I talked about, right? And we are not aware of that. It's too late by the time you say, oh, by the way, uh, you know, everybody says oh, this is a joint pain or osteoporosis, but we are not aware of that. So Narishok is trying to bring awareness. Narishok is trying to put down some kind of a screening or some kind of a Basic um, uh, therapies that, that European women are aware that if they are prone to these risks of getting these chronic conditions, the data says 80% of women over 55 have at least one chronic condition in the United States. And I'm sure the data is also true in, in a country like India. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we are not really uh, paying attention because the chronic condition, we talk about the chronic condition, but if you circle back and see the chronic condition, the rise of chronic condition, especially for women, is coming due to lack of their midlife care, which a lot of us as a society have not understood or have not paid attention. And that's what Nani Talk is trying to do, uh, create um, a self-care app. And then after that, offer some kind of a personalized testing, consultation, and management so that women can proactively start taking care of this during their mid-age years rather than having to find, oh, I am diabetic, oh, I am this, and then go to the doctor. So it's preventive self-care for mid-age and hormonal imbalance that you can start taking care of yourself.
0: Got it. Exactly. That's very, very true. Yeah. So uh, uh, also like uh, if you could also elaborate like on the holistic wellness programs offered by Norris Talks, uh, especially those covering that taboo topics like the sexual health and the menopause.
1: Yeah, so there are so many taboo topics, right? Um, yes. concerning this this mid-age of women's life.
0: You name it and there is a lot of lot of uh lists. Yes.
1: That's right, huge, huge. Uh, at least from what I, I have seen, and the research they said there are thirty-four symptoms during happening, and we can you imagine having so many and going crazy? But uh, sexual health, vaginal health, is definitely being impacted. And I'm going to share a little bit stats in UK, for example, sixty percent of the divorces that are happening are for on women in menopausal years. Now. Uh, you know, we know that this is, again, a taboo topic. Sexual health relationships all go hand in hand. And during this uh, health period of menopause, if the female sex hormones are going down, the the libido goes, uh, the data shows, you know, some of the women, majority of the women might face a loss of libido and lack of sexual desire and lack of intimate relationships. And that can impact their sexual health as well. And in turn, their relationships and some of the women could possibly go into the divorce, I don't know. But you know there is a suggestion on all that, right? And these are very taboo topics that people or couples or women don't really feel very comfortable talking about it. Um, and, and in uh, some cultures, it's considered perfectly fine that uh, it's okay after a certain year, you are not a sexually active, right? For example, a country like India, right? Or um, this is more of a Western culture. So this is like a taboo topic, but what I want to talk about is all health. It doesn't matter whether it's sexual health, mental health, you know, our gastro, you know, gut health. We have one body, right? Human body, if you think about it, right? And we don't, we can't take a compartment of our body and say, oh, by the way, this health doesn't matter. This health is more important, right? You know what I'm saying? Like your mental health is more important, your gut health is more important, but sexual health, by the way, it's not as important. We should take care of our body and all the organs that God has given us from the body, all the health of each and every organ or whatever we have been given is important. That's the point I'm trying to make. So to, to say that sexual health after a certain age is not important is, is is again, a not a true statement. Then the medical, right, when there's enough evidence that talks about health benefits of sexual health or being sexually uh, uh, engaging, because, you know, it helps your um, mental health, it helps your overall health, because that's the vitality, that's just given the birth, right, the reproductive years, we're talking about it, and and you feel alive, and, and it's important to maintain a sec- good sexual health as well, um, to keep yourself alive and to, to make sure, you know, your mental health and your everything, all the other health is important. So we don't talk about this, and that's what we're trying to break the taboo of all health is important, including the sexual health.
0: Got it. Exactly. Great. So in your opinion, uh, what workplace challenges do women uh, often encounter uh, during uh, their pre years? And how can these be addressed?
1: So I think um, overall, you know, the, it's not anyone's fault, per se, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's overall, we talked about the lack of resources, the lack of research in this space, now, of course, people are talking about it, mm-hmm. and you can't blame the corporates for not having resources or awareness, uh, you know, there's enough awareness happening for pregnancy and fertility, now there's uh, you know, paternal uh, leave as well. So that's, we've made long strides on, on that arena, that part of a woman's life. But this part of a woman's life, because of all these strange um, symptoms that she could face suddenly sitting in a meeting, which I just described, could be an onset of a hot flash. And due to that, she might not have uh, enough uh, problems in sleeping. We know the data shows that if you haven't had a good sleep, you cannot function you know, the uh, next day properly and cannot concentrate. So all these can impact a a person's, um, you know, productivity, ability to work properly. So corporates need awareness. Corporates need to understand that this can happen to women over 40. And some kind of a simple programs, wellness program or awareness or simple awareness uh, wellness should be offered as part of the way the other mental health is being offered or other things are being offered, right? And that's what I think uh, um, hasn't even started in a lot of the world, for that matter, um, because of the lack of awareness. And the problem is, now, if you look at in the United States, 44% of the workforce, and this data is from 2016, Are is women over forty five years old, and we know because of the age they are perimenopausal, right? We know that because of what we talked about, but. Are they talking about it at work, supporting their wellness for women over 45? So that's the challenges women are facing. They're a bit quiet because, you know, I was quiet. I was scared if I go and talk to anyone, people are going to look at me and say, oh, something wrong. You know, something is cuckoo with her. And I was scared um, to talk to my colleague. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to think that I've gone crazy. Right. So, you know, all these things, like any human you, you being, psychologically, you think, oh my God, you know, that way. So that taboo has to come out. That it's okay. You are going through, like you're going through puberty. We tell the young girls, this is what's going to happen to your bodies. And, and we tell the boys, whatever. And now the same kind of education and awareness has to happen to, unfortunately, to women over 40. Hey, this is going to happen to your body. It's okay to feel cuckoo. It's okay to go crazy. You know, it's okay that you haven't had a good sleep. So this kind of awareness, this kind of a, some kind of a program, some simple wellness, some education. I think this is, well, I think it's only helpful for women, not only for helpful for women, but also helps the employers to increase the productive, boost their productivity and not lose the, uh, retain their employees at the same time. It's, I think, uh, for more important for employers to understand because the workforce they have, almost 50% of the workforce they have in the United States is women over 45, right? If you're not taking care of 50% of your workforce, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you're not addressing their concerns. And that's what's happening right now. They're beginning to talk about it, like big companies like Microsoft and some of the big companies are beginning to Uh, Offer these, um, you know, benefits, but majority of them still uh, we don't want to talk about it. And even sometimes women also feel they feel that they're going to be judged because they are aging. So there are a lot of these issues, societal issues, that we face. Somehow we have to debunk it, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Great. So. also, like uh, uh, when we are talking about the taboo thing, uh, why do you think there's a silence around the topics like menopause and how we can encourage the open discussions to remove this stigma?
1: So I think women also feel that um, while, as a woman, you feel that you're going to lose uh, you, the hormones, the female sex hormones. You know, uh, the looks also start changing right yeah. um and and we are a society what appears to us outside that's how we judge uh, people and then you know the obesity the weight you know, your physical appearance starts changing from a woman point of view and and they also your mental health changes so i think um that is definitely considered as a little bit of a negative connotation in a society and and it doesn't matter which society so i think that needs to go away somehow i think um um, so it's and also ch- women of non-childbearing years, right,
0: yeah. are
1: probably not given as importance in the society because the childbearing and the fertility part of is more important in most of the societies all over the world, including a country like India, then they kind of go into a little bit of a backseat, you know, um, and then your work point of view also, As you're approaching menopause, some of the symptoms that I described, a lot of women end up quitting because, you know, they sometimes get embarrassed to talk about it. And if they are severe symptoms, you know, they can't handle the work. So I think there are a lot of uh, it's not just one thing, right, why it's considered a taboo. There are so many layers to it. Right. Now, I talk about the sexual health, the loss of libido. I mean that also could, could, as a confidence. Uh, it's not a confidence booster for any, for for any woman. You know, if she's uh, has experiencing that, so I think it's very personal. But also from the society, the only thing I think it can start happening is slowly peeling the layers of each and every onion. Starting each and every organization um, talking about. You don't have to talk about sexual health at work, but you can start at least talking about. Simple things like you know, if someone hasn't had a good sleep, productive. How can um, it impair their productivity? What can you do? And things like that, right? So you can start and these uh, offering solutions one by one. There's no one solution that will fit each and every woman because one woman can face loss of libido, the other one, woman can face uh, mental health, anxiety, depression. The third one could have uh, weight. Most of them, most of the women end up putting on a lot of weight and they, especially around the abdominal area. So that also is not considered very attractive. So so I think physical changes that are manifesting due to this whole stage of a woman's life can also have a negative connotation is what I'm trying to say. And sometimes women also don't want to talk about it because the negative, a little bit is considered as all the downhill parts. So you have to work harder to maintain yourself right so i think it has to come from all the angles you know a guy like you interviewing me is a first step uh, one of the great steps because you you will understand this better than now you understood before right exactly so (laughs) you know i think i'm explaining a bit too much but Yeah. yeah
0: No, no, it's it's definitely this awareness is definitely required, and uh, and slowly, slowly, definitely, uh, uh, this will uh, bring some change, and uh, and I believe the change is coming in for sure, but it will definitely uh, take some time. But it's it's a good thing that uh, uh, we are discussing, and a lot of other people will also uh, discuss about it. So yeah, so that that's that's the encouragement we should always do. So uh, that's a great thing. Um, also, like. Uh, we are living in this era where there is uh, impact of technology is huge. So, what role do you see technology playing in breaking the stereotypes and uh, fostering the conversations around the women's health? Like so, the one uh, you right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh,
1: definitely, social media has a, a great role to play. Um, you know, more awareness on the social media, all these social channels, talking about everything openly. Uh, can help um, people to understand. You know, this is a natural biological process that every woman is going to go through. So that helps a lot. The other advancement that uh, is begin uh, it can happen over the years. It hasn't happened yet. Is use of AI, right? Of taking a lot of clinical set of data, huge set of data. And we talked about the chronic conditions, the the relationship of the menopause and the chronic condition. The, the, a lot of research talks about it. Uh, but nobody has able been able to take such a um, huge set of data and say, oh, maybe, you know, like the 23andMe, we, we could get the gene testing and we knew the risk involved as to, you know, what I could be prone to. Those kind of information can also, screening can be made available to women early on. I mean, that, I think, will take a couple of few years for women to really understand, oh, I should get screened. Like women get screened for mammograms and some of the other uh, screening test, this could be also penimanapause could be, again, a screening way, so that it becomes part of the overall wellness, right? And that is how, when anything becomes part of overall wellness, the taboo suddenly starts going away. Like, breast cancer has become, I don't think it's a taboo anymore, right? No. No. It's it's not a taboo, but if you think about it, a few years back, if someone, a woman is talking about a breast cancer, and she's going through surgery, and she's getting mastectomy, that... It, I can't even imagine at that time what that woman is going through, but now yes. it's commonly talked about. There's a survivorship has gone up. People talk about it, women talk about it, and it's part of the society. So the same thing is in this one, the perimenopause. I think a lot of awareness when people are talking, it's a general part, a part of life. And there's this, all these risks that are uh, associated, it can be screened. Slowly, slowly, the taboo will start going away. It might take years. It might not happen overnight. But I think the beginning has started. You know, people have started.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yes. So what advice would you give to women uh, uh, in their 40s and beyond uh, who may be hesitant to prioritize their health and well-being?
1: So, uh, you know, I noticed and I was talking to you that I was in India just uh, a few weeks back for a month and uh, I was I traveled quite a bit. And one of the things that, um, you know, I lived in India uh, a few years back and I was living there. And what I noticed was the rise of obesity amongst women. And I was quite shocked, to be honest with you, because I never thought Indian women were obese, especially in the south part of India. Right. I was there in the south part of India more than in the north part of India. Not, so I think uh, women uh, have to, uh, they don't understand the rise of obesity can link themselves or put them at a risk of so many other chronic conditions. And I think it's the self-care uh, which is lacking uh, in, uh, in women, majority of women. I would say that. And that is something that they need to completely change their mindset, because the way you eat now when you're in your 40s, the way you exercise, the way you change your diet and all the other things is not the same as when you were younger, because now your metabolism, your hormones, all these things are changing. And I'm not sure if women understand the the need to change their lifestyle. And they have to change their lifestyle. They have to uh, uh, you know take care of themselves more because of all the things we talked about and that's my biggest advice is that women need to empower themselves they need to understand whatever their their age is and stages of this perimenopause whether it's early menopause perimenopause pre-menopause post whatever there are a lot of stages they should get themselves uh, you know uh, get expert advice and um uh, start taking care of themselves using self-care techniques that, and get themselves uh, checked up thoroughly, screening all the, the things that they need to be screened to avoid the risk of any chronic conditions later on as they get older. For better quality of life, right? Uh,
0: yeah. So
1: I, I think it, this is something that's completely lacking, um, you know, in a lot of cultures across the world. Um, and uh, women in forties, they I think most of them think they're still healthy, but the the truth is, we all think we are healthy, but the truth is our hormones start to shift.
0: Yeah, that's true. So yeah, yeah, you're saying something. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. I I'm just saying that uh, that's what we are trying to do.
0: Correct. Is
1: that and not that we 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 want people to hate us, but we are just trying to. <laughs> Tell me, tell me, tell women out there that uh, you know um, if they don't take care of themselves, you know it's not going to be an easy ride yeah. as they get older, uh, right?
0: True, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so uh, one more thing is coming to my mind regarding the future about the women's wellness. Uh, where, where do you see the future of women's wellness is heading? Um, and the role can platforms like noise talk play in shaping their future
1: so women wellness is utmost importance uh, we we all know that women are 50% of the overall population women are childbearing, reproductive all those things so i think um, you know there is an increase in awareness uh, definitely for women to to the self care um, so that has to increase quite a bit, and that can happen what we talked about, the awareness. So the future of the wellness uh, for women will, will, in my opinion, a lot of self-care, preventive care, um, it, it should head into that direction rather than more on the disease part of it. You know, um, yeah. What has happened is in the last so many years, irrespective dep- of women or men, we are more like a disease When the disease happens, then we are trying to manage the disease, or or at that time, treat the disease. A society has, and and taking medication. So I see that it should shift, at least in my world, it should shift towards the prevention part of it. The prevention, rather than after the fact that disease has already happened, now I take medication. Just to give an example, this morning, a few months back, we know that the weight loss drug came out, right? Um, it, it, you know, And today there was in the news that um, they were showing, a lot, obviously a lot of obese people were taking the weight loss drug. Now they're, today they were talking about the side effects of the weight loss drug. Suicidal thoughts, <laughs> depression, all kind of things that you know, they, we don't want to talk about. This. So I think... As a society, we have become like a pill popping society. You know, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do. Uh, we we want easy solutions. We just want like a pop up pill, and all the problems it solved, solve get solved. Unfortunately, the future of women's wellness needs to be a little bit more hard work towards prevention, towards better diet, towards some kind of a movement, exercise, meditation, mindfulness, all those things having better relationships, let, letting go of loneliness, all these things can combine a healthy mind. And you know what you talk about, your show is Healthy Mind Show, that will only come with a holistic wellness. And holistic wellness not only talks about the physical part of wellness, which we have been talking quite a bit today, but also your mental wellness, your relationship wellness, your other wellness as well.
0: Exactly. Definitely.
1: Right? Yeah. So... So all these things uh, should be the right future. Um, I'll just give you another example. for, In the country like India, uh, as an example, Mm -hmm. Um, the average age of menopause in the Western world is 51, 52, but an average age of menopause in India is 44, 45. Indian women get early menopause. Guess what's going to happen? We just talked about that. They're more prone to chronic conditions than any other part of the women in the, in, in the world for that matter. So exactly. these kind of things people don't even know uh, that uh, you know this is happening in society. So I think the societal shift towards prevention should be the the future of women, not only women wellness but men wellness as well. So. Prevention and prevention is the key, and is that what we are trying to do as a society, or we wait until someone tells us? Oh, by the way, your blood sugar's gone up, cholesterol's gone down. You're at the heart risk. This, that. Oh my God! I mean, that's what I see. That's what you observe in the society, yes. right?
0: That's very true. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so uh, that's really nice uh, talking to you and uh, discussing about this uh, very, very important topic. Uh, So before we wrap up, like, I just wanted to understand, like, what's next for Nourish Talk? Like, um, how can our listeners uh, connect with uh, the platform and its resources? And if they need to uh, understand, they want to connect with you, so how they can?
1: Yeah, we, they can go to our website, uh, www.narihtalk.com. We are uh, launching our app, uh, and then the app uh, will have self-care. We talked that, and but what we want to do is really um, talk about uh, how we can Personalize the whole navig- uh, navigation or the experience of a you know of a user, giving them all kind of resources from a personalized um, consultation, personalized management, and personalized treatment. You know whether it's um, uh, herbs or supplements and all that stuff. Sure. So that journey is what where uh, Narishok wants to take itself to the next level. And then Mm -hmm. after that, you know, we want to go into each and every detail of what we talked about. How can we prevent so many things that we talked about? So that's where I would like uh, Narish Talk to become like a woman's wellness, uh, uh, you know, uh, reliable, evidence-based credible women's wellness platform where women can feel, oh yes, I'm going to get uh, an unbiased advice. If I don't want to take medication, I can use holistic therapies as my first defense to take myself towards prevention and self-care towards these years and beyond, right? It's not only perimenopause, but post-menopause, we didn't have time to talk about it, but that presents completely different challenges um so that's what Narish Talk wants to uh, become and wants to aim beyond the reproductive years and please contact us uh, hello at com. wow
0: that's really lovely great so as we wrap up uh, this insightful conversation with uh, amita sharma uh, co-founder of Narish Talk, dear listeners so we, we hope that you have gained valuable insights into the world of uh, holistic wellness for women in their pre-menopausal years and beyond. So uh, Amita's dedication to empowering women through the Nourish Talk platform sheds light on the importance of addressing the taboo topics like we discussed and also fostering open conversations about uh, sexual health, menopause stress, and anxiety. So the holistic wellness programs offered by Naristock aims to provide women with the tools and the knowledges uh, needed to embark on a journey of self-care and love. So uh, we we uh, definitely encourage you to explore Naristock's innovative approach to wellness and take a proactive step towards your health. So and always remember that uh, embracing these discussions and breaking the uh, societal taboos is a crucial step towards a healthier and more informed future. So uh, connect with Nalistalk nice uh, to access uh, the transmittive programs and uh, uh, please join the community dedicated to holistic well-being. So we appreciate Amita for sharing her wisdom and experiences and we definitely look forward to bringing you more and more conversations and the topic that inspire and uplift dear listeners. So until next time, prioritize your health, embrace the journey and keep thriving on your path to a healthier and more fulfilling life. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you.